I'm Anna Rothschild, and this is Podcast 19 from 538. This week, we got preliminary results from Pfizer's Phase 3 COVID-19 vaccine trial. Some people are touting it as a promising sign that a vaccine is around the corner. On Monday, I spoke with 538's senior science writer Maggie Kurth about the news. So Maggie, what is Pfizer saying about its vaccine at this point? Pfizer is saying that a preliminary release of data, preliminary review of the data, is sort of suggesting that they have a 90% efficacy rate based on what is already in. Now, this is a preliminary review that was pre-planned as part of their independent review board assessment of what was going on with their study. And it's something where a lot of the data is still blinded to Pfizer's own scientists. So there's a lot of details that we don't really know. This came out in a press release, not a peer-reviewed research paper. The actual data probably won't be available for another few weeks until Pfizer hits a hits a point where they can actually release the data to themselves before they can actually release it to us. There have been 94 cases of coronavirus identified under all the participants that they had enrolled in this study who had gotten both of their vaccine shots at some point in this process. We don't know exactly what that denominator is though, because it's kind of been changing. You know, people have been getting first one shot and then the other, and they're still enrolling. So it's not entirely clear what the denominator is on that. And it's also not entirely clear how many of those 94 people are placebo participants and how many actually got the vaccine. Um, that's also another thing we don't know. Although if they're pre-reporting 90% efficacy, that suggests it's probably less than 10 of the people were actually getting the vaccine itself. So what is there still to learn? I mean, at this point, do we know that if getting the vaccine like makes it impossible for you to transmit the virus? What about the people who did get sick and got the real deal? Like, how sick did they get? Do we know stuff like that yet? We don't know any of that. Um, there is one of the things I've been sort of thinking about this as is like, this is good news. We don't actually know what the news is. Um, It's good news in the sense that it suggests that this method of, you know, using RNA to make the vaccine is going to be effective to some degree. It is good in that it suggests that going after the spike protein for the match is the thing that is actually going to be effective. Those are all good things to know. We don't actually know how effective this thing is going to be yet, um, because the longer that you go on with a clinical trial, the more of these cases tend to turn up. So the longer this clinical trial continues, you know, the efficacy is likely to go down. Um, we also don't know what the cases were like yet, so we don't know if this is particularly focusing on really severe cases, if this is um, you know, low cases, it, we don't really know exactly what's going on there, nor do we know who these people are who got it. it. There's just a lot of details that are left unanswered right now. Right. We don't know um, if the people who got sick ended up in the hospital. Like, we, we just don't know mm-hmm. how, we don't really know anything about, like, the severity of their disease no. or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I also want to be clear that, you know, it sounds really exciting that Pfizer is like the first to make a big announcement like this, but people were pretty sure Pfizer was going to be one of the first to make an announcement like this, right? Because of the fact that they decided to have this 
you know, independent monitoring committee report on this early data. Right, exactly. So it's it's not necessarily that they're hitting a milestone faster than other people. We don't know. Um, what it is is that their independent review committee did what the independent review committee was supposed to do, and they made an announcement about that. Um, it's actually, they've kind of changed around a little bit about when those announcements were supposed to be made. So they were originally planning on putting out an announcement like this after the first 32 COVID diagnoses among participants in the study. But after some conversations with the FDA, they decided to put that off until the 62nd case. But then you kind of wound up in the situation where somewhere between the 62nd case and when they put out the data, they get up to the 94th case. And a part, good part of that is just that there's been a surge in coronavirus all over the nation. So these cases are mounting up faster than they had been previously. Right, right. I mean, we were talking in DMs a bit this morning about the timing of all of this. And I mean, while it totally makes sense why they would choose to delay, I will say that like the optics of of releasing this today feels a bit poorly timed. Um, I mean, it's the first Monday after um, a major election. This vaccine has been extremely politicized. And at least in my mind, it really seems like you know, making this announcement today sort of throws fuel on the conspiracy theory fire that, you know, COVID is a liberal hoax. And, you know, now that Trump is no longer going to be president, you know, of course, now we have a vaccine, you know? Right. Yeah. And and it already is. I mean, our colleague Kaylee is finding these kind of posts in, um, in different uh, communities on Facebook yeah. where these, you know, these memes have already been being shared. Um, so that is definitely a concern. And I think that in some ways it sort of feels like Pfizer was stuck between a rock and a hard place on this. Um, you know, it's sort of arbitrary when they release this information, but it's also pre-planned with their transparency system to like make sure that their data is being released in an accurate, trustworthy way. And then on top of that, you know, like, would it have been better if it came out before the election? Because then you'd be having these same sort of memes coming from liberal quarters, right? right. Like, it's it's not a very good position to be in. And I, I'm not really sure what the right answer would have been. Um, you know, you want to see the transparency, but when it happens to fall around an election with a really politicized vaccine... I'm not sure there's any way it doesn't get politicized further. Right, exactly. I mean, in your mind, though, would there have been any harm in waiting like one more week? No, no, I don't think there would have. That's the thing that keeps Um, getting to me, you know, like I, I it's not like any of this data necessarily. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but it seems to me like this data wouldn't necessarily change much for the scientific community at large. Um, No, no, it doesn't. I mean, this is this is mainly just like reporting on what's going on with this one specific vaccine. And they also expect to at this point, you know, this means they're over halfway towards the goal point of cases where they can actually start applying for the um, emergency authorization uh, with the FDA. So they think that with this speed up in coronavirus transmission in the U.S., that they're actually going to hit the goal point within the next few weeks by the end of November. So 
they'd be making an announcement soon anyway. Right. Do you think that maybe, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth and I certainly don't want to speculate too wildly, but do you think there was like some financial reason that Pfizer wanted to (laughs) make this announcement today? I mean, I don't know. Like, I am not a expert in the pharmaceuticals industry, but I know that this has definitely affected their stock. <laughs> um, it's It definitely matters in that sense to kind of have that appearance of being the top dog. Um, so there's that. Uh, but there's definitely other... There's at least three other candidates in the United States that are hot on their heels. So I don't really know that it necessarily matters who gets out the door first. It matters which one is most effective and safest. Um, And I think that there is a little bit of a, a, a negative incentive in that direction in terms of like the business case, right? Like you want to be the first in a business case, but we don't necessarily want it to be first, we want it to be best. I mean, we got the the plan for vaccine rollout uh, from the Trump administration in the last couple of weeks. And, you know, it's, it's not a thing that is going to be getting to the vast majority of Americans anytime soon. I mean, it starts with uh, frontline medical personnel and people who are in highest risk groups like nursing homes and things. And, you know, it's still a situation where most of us probably aren't going to be getting access to this until next fall. Exactly. Like even with, you know, pre-manufacturing this stuff before approval, it's still going to take a long time to get a vaccine to everyone in the country. Yeah, it's a slow process, Um, which I mean, it's (laughs) I say it's a slow process. It's been a really, really insanely fast process (laughs) that this comes out. And I think that that's a big part of why there's been so much concern that there is this transparency Mm -hmm. and that we are not getting too excited about it too quickly. I mean, you know, just just a couple weeks ago, most researchers were sort of assuming that this was going to have something, an efficacy on par with like the flu vaccine, um, whereas this report would put it more on par with something like the measles vaccine that is extremely effective. So it... It is, there's a lot we still don't know about this. Has Pfizer received money from the Trump administration um, to either develop or manufacture its vaccine? So yes and no. Um, Pfizer has not received money from Operation Warp Speed for research and development. And they've actually kind of made a big deal about talking about how they don't get any money from Operation Warp Speed. Um, They've, their CEO, Um, You know, their representatives have made several statements that are kind of trying to distance themselves from that program um, and from statements that President Trump has made about, um, you know, this being the product of his administration's work. But at the same time, they are actually receiving money from a contract that is funded through Operation Warp Speed that is for distribution of the vaccine. So it's not necessarily that the vaccine was developed with Operation Warp Speed money, but it will be distributed that way. The pharmaceutical companies, this one in particular, has been trying really hard to keep this from being politicized. Um, and in the course of that, maybe shooting itself in the foot and just politicizing it further, right? Like that's kind of the challenge of this sort of thing is that if if the politics of the day is with us or against us not being with us is against us right whether you want to be or not it's kind of a no-win situation for them it's it's another kind of no-win situation yeah right 
What are your sort of final thoughts about how people should interpret this preliminary data? I think you should probably be interpreting it as generally good news, um, but also be aware that this is probably not going to be 90% effective in the end. Um, one of the side effects of us speeding up this process so much is that we are not giving the phase three clinical trials as long as they would typically have to find, you know, find rare side effects, find rare situations where it's not being effective, um, populations it's not being effective for. And the shorter the amount of time of that trial, the less of those they're gonna find. So the longer the trial goes on, they're gonna find more of these things and the efficacy is probably gonna go down. Um, but it is good news that it's initially starting out there because it would be a worse situation if it were starting out lower. Well, thank you so much for looking into this, Maggie, and sharing it with me. Yeah, thank you for having me on. That's it for this episode of Podcast 19. If you have a question you'd like us to answer on the show, email us a voice memo at askpodcast19 at gmail.com. That's askpodcast19 at gmail.com. I'm Anna Rothschild. Our executive producer is Chadwick Matlin. If you'd like to watch a video version of this episode, head over to 538's YouTube channel. Thanks. See you soon.